0: I self-identify as a runner, although physically and probably mentally, I am not.
1: (laughs) You would never, you would never ever walk down the street and take sweets from a stranger's sweaty hands. But when you're running, it's absolutely fine. And in fact, it's an insult if you don't take those sweets from that stranger. You should kind of scare yourself. And that is really how you stay on track. So I don't think I would have got into running if I hadn't have scared myself by being like, okay,
2: This is Three Star Runners. Today we have our very first international episode. We are joined by Anastasia Murphy all the way from the United Kingdom. Anastasia tells us how she learned how to run happy and we discuss the differences between British and American English while Phil and I try not to say anything too offensive.
0: we're gonna, it's, you know, multicultural running world. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: I hope so. Yeah, be good. (laughs) I hope I can have enough to share.
2: Oh, you have plenty. Um,
0: (laughs) Does she have amazing stories?
2: We'll pull even more out of you, more than you think.
1: (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. 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 Good.
2: Is Vadera your last name? No, it's Murphy, right?
1: Yeah, I've got so many different email addresses. (laughs) the the other one that I just sent you that I couldn't access, I realize I can access it now. Yeah. But I made that when I was like 13, and everything seems to link to it, and I can't get away from it. And it's just like the most embarrassing email.
2: That's funny. Well, my wife has one that's Kim So Cool that she made when she was younger. So she still feels embarrassed to tell people that one. (laughs)
1: there's so much stuff linking to these email addresses that i can't like get rid of them
2: yeah and everything has a different password and everything has a different yeah
0: terrible there was no way when we were 13 years old that we knew how important picking our email address would be
1: (laughs) i need to teach it at school
2: (laughs) for sure all right so do you live go ahead
1: i was gonna say do you live near each other
0: Not even close, no. (laughs) I live in a small, like, I live in a town of 300 people in northeastern Utah in the foothills of the Uinta Mountains. So it's it's super rural. Um, There's just cows and everywhere I look outside my window in the mountains. Wow,
1: that's a dream. I can currently look out my window and see a car park (laughs) and that's it. (laughs)
2: That's also a dream for some people.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. (laughs)
2: Everybody has different dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Phil just dreams of cows.
0: It's weird dreams, but
2: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness. All right. Anastasia, uh, start by telling us a little bit of your story. Tell us where you live and your running story, and we'll kind of start the podcast with that.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I am Anastasia. I'm 26. um, And I live in Milton Keynes in England, which is really landlocked right in the middle. So nowhere near the sea. I think it's like the furthest point um, in the UK that you can be from the sea. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: Which (laughs) is annoying because I grew up by the sea. um, So I do miss it quite a lot. Um, I have been running now for about three years. um, My running story is a little bit kind of, I kind of ended up running. (laughs) Um, So when I I was growing up, my dad dad ran quite a few marathons um, and quite a few triathlons as well. And I would like to say I was inspired by that when I was younger, but I was like the complete opposite that type of person like i was like partying until 7am <laughs> i didn't have a gym membership like nothing <laughs> um so um a couple i guess a couple of years um after uni i kind of started like my first adult job um and started running like very casually like trying to do my first mile um just so that I didn't kind of get fat from sitting at a (laughs) desk all (laughs) day. I am, so I have have an office job, work um, nine to five, and um, I guess like the kind of culture there is that you kind of drive to work, you sit at a desk all day, eat biscuits, come home. Um, So I kind of started um, uh, trying to do like the odd mile here and there um, just to see if I could get fit. And then in, 2017 i think it was um my grandma passed away from alzheimer's and um she was like the most amazing woman so she had nine children Um, and she was a a samaritan do you know what the samaritans are so you Mm -hmm. have yeah she was married for 30 years, like dedicated, like volunteering, which I think is amazing. And she was just a lovely, lovely person. And when I was growing up, she would always look after me when my dad was out training for a marathon or a um, triathlon or, or something like that. Um, and I was really, really upset when she when she passed away. And I just like, I was just trying to think of ways that I could kind of like keep her Memory going and um kind of do something to in her honor um, and I also had the goal on my bucket list of running the London Marathon, kind of inspired by my dad um so i it's really difficult to get a place in the London Marathon, so um, I think hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people apply each year for about forty thousand places um Unless you get a charity place. So I signed up having, as I mentioned earlier, maybe running like a mile or so. <laughs> um, You'd only run and, like a
2: mile at that point. You're like, all right, sign me up for this marathon.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I just thought, yeah, it's fine. Like, watch it on TV and it looks really fun. And everyone's running in like rhino costumes and just having a nice day out. Like, people are lining the streets eating ice cream cheering you on. Um... <laughs> and then I got a place. So I had to raise um some money for Alzheimer's Society um, for um to be able to complete the London Marathon. Um and in the end I raised um just under four and a half thousand pounds. I'm not sure what that is in dollars, <laughs> maybe like seven thousand dollars, I don't know. Yeah. Um which which was amazing. Um and I think that's kind of that was the kind of point where running kind of started to get a little bit more serious for me. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing when I was training for my first marathon like, I, like looking back now at all the things I've learned, I had no idea how I even got to the start line. a lot of help from <laughs> Russell, to be fair, like hey you gave me a lot of advice along the way um, but but yeah, um, and ever since the London marathon um everything's just kind of like gone on from there really um so so many people have inspired me along the way um and I I think running has now just become like my my life (laughs) I love it yeah
2: well it's not it's not just like a pastime or a hobby anymore right it's kind of part of who you are
1: yeah yeah definitely I think um running when I started doing the marathon, um, when I started training for it, because I had a massive fundraising target, um, that's why I started an Instagram account purely just to get people to to sponsor me for it and just to show people what I was doing because I'd literally gone from someone who like gets in at 7am and eats whatever they want to someone who is now trying to run 26 miles. (laughs) Um, I was like okay well I'll share my journey and um, hopefully people will along the way Um, but it I just kind of that whole process of training and sharing my journey just kind of made me realize how much running is is so much more than just like fitness or Mm -hmm. trying to lose weight like it's none of that really I mean obviously we want to be fit and healthy and that is like (laughs) a number one important goal for everybody but it for me it just kind of became apparent that for so many people running is about mental health and happiness even if you're the happiest person in the world you can get happier if you go for a run you <can> promise
2: <laughs> i like that um tell us a little bit more about building that community i think it's it's pretty cool how i think it, everyone needs a little bit of inspiration uh with yeah. other people other runners uh and it's pretty cool these days how you can kind of build that own community through Um, different social media, including Instagram, I think that's a common one um, that people use to kind of help both motivate themselves and see what other people are doing. Um, Tell us how you use that and how that's helped your running journey.
1: Well, um, I think that Instagram is, uh, I, I really didn't realize that there was a running community out there um, and to be honest, when I started running, I didn't even know that there were running groups, like local running groups that you could just join. I, I, I genuinely just thought that running was something that crazy people do on their own outside yeah. to lose weight. Like that is just genuinely what I thought it was. Um, so I think there's kind of like two parts to the running community. It's kind of like how how I started... Um, using Instagram for myself and now how I use it to kind of like carry on helping myself but also some other people too so um, as I said earlier I started it to um, to help me kind of fundraise um, and I just I had so much helpful advice because I was sharing everything so I was sharing the fact that I'd um, was running my my longest ever runs every week I was obviously increasing it towards the marathon distance um and I every time I would come to a new distance like I remember my first 14 mile run just stopping and I started crying because I was so <laughs> happy because like I never expected that I would be able to run more than like a mile And um, so I share that I would share that on social media and then um you know, like people obviously endorse you and they say like, well done, that's great. Um, and then maybe the next day I'd be like, oh my, particularly during my first marathon, I had a lot of knee pain. So people would be like, have you stretched? And I'd be like, no, do I have to stretch? <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> have you tried strength training? Have you tried this and this? And um, I, I genuinely feel like 90, or well, 100% of my knowledge about running has come from, come, come from Instagram um and particularly when I was training for the London Marathon Russell was such an amazing help with kind of keeping me motivated and giving me advice when it's particularly when things weren't going to plan um Mm -hmm. and I was kind of building up a lot of mileage and um kind of getting a little bit demotivated from it um but now but now I've kind of kept my my Instagram page and um there's, there's thousands and thousands of runners using Instagram and other obviously forms of online um, and social media forms, but for me, it's the majority of my time is on um, Instagram, um, and I just try to I just try to share everything, uh, absolutely everything. So like the good, the bad, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's what keeps people motivated is seeing real people try to run and try and fail and get back up again i think um like social media is full of kind of like picture perfect scenes and so on and right so now. you know if i'm having i mean a, a recent um example was um i've been training um for 16 weeks for manchester marathon which was supposed to be in april and because of the situation it got cancelled but I still tried on the day to do 20.62 miles to kind of um, signpost the fact it was a yeah. marathon. But yeah. I had a rubbish day, I completely <laughs> hit the wall, I ate some sweets that disagreed with me, like everything was just going wrong. And you know, rather than just deleting it and not saying anything, I, I just went on social media, I was talking to people about it, kind of filmed um, what, what went wrong and why, and then you know, like other people can then relate with you and, and say, Oh, it like running's not easy. Like everyone, yeah. everybody struggles with it.
2: We've all been through those those days where we thought it was gonna be a great day or a great race and everything goes wrong.
0: That's the yeah. fun part about running is you you can prepare as well as possible. And that's really all you have control of because you know, weather, clothing. Uh, what you eat, even if you've eaten it a 100 times before, the nerves and everything else that goes into it, I mean, gives you those rubbish days. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think um, another bit about um, kind of the, the online community is that I kind of, I kind of try to share as much as possible that it it doesn't necessarily matter how far you're running or how, especially how fast you're running. Um, I try to kind of share um, how much running can lift your mood and take you out of a bad day or a bad moment. um, And that, running should be kind of used as like a celebration of like what you can do and what what your body can do and what what it looks like which particularly for particularly for me and I think my age as well I think um exercising for image is quite a big thing and I'm trying to kind of show that like
2: sure
1: just run and have fun (laughs) (laughs) so
2: absolutely
1: yeah
0: Yeah, there's no better way to learn about your own community, about the environment around you, whether it's mountains or urban running. I mean, you probably know your town and your community way better now since running than you ever did before, because you've run so many streets and found little shops or little areas that you really had no idea were there because you've explored everything. So it makes you even like a better asset to the community as well. And yeah, times and all that stuff doesn't matter.
1: No, definitely not. And I think um, I, as I said earlier, I live in Milton Keynes, but um, I'm not from here. I didn't grow up here. I moved here um, for my job um, after I finished university. And um, the majority of the friends I've made here are are other runners. um, And uh, some people, even people that I've met kind of through like Instagram, through sharing running um, pictures and found out that they live locally and through my running group. And I think, um, I think it, as you get older, sometimes when you move to new places, it can be a little bit scary of how you can make new friends. Um, and I also think that some people think that you you have to be really, really fast and run really far to join a running group, which is definitely not true. But In my running group, there's people that can run like two... Um, two and a half hour marathons and then there's me and then there's other people that have never even run a marathon but everyone's just coming together no one has any judgment over over how fast you run or how often you run if you like to run once a week on saturday that's great but yeah you don't have to be running crazy distances like you nope.
2: <laughs> it's all just about getting together and supporting each other i think that's that's the beauty of building any community uh, and running is just an easy excuse to kind of meet often because our body needs to ex- our bodies need exercise every day, and our bodies feel better, our minds feel better when we do, uh, and it, it's all better when we share it with other people.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think the runner's high is definitely not a myth. It's definitely <laughs> a thing. there's just like just the feeling of getting up. Um, for me, I think. On a, on a Saturday after a busy week at work, being able to wake up, go for a run. Um, it doesn't really matter how far, maybe just like, just even around the block, but then coming home, having like a fresh coffee and knowing that you've already been out before the rest of the world is woken up. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: You've
1: got your Russian endorphins.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, that's actually a good qu- uh, question I have for you, Russell and Anastasia, is uh, with the, the runner's high, I know when I started running, I heard people talk about that, and I think some people think you're going to get that every time you run or no matter the distance. I remember specifically running just, you know, a mile or a half a mile here and there, and it was in South Texas at the time. It was really hot, and I never really felt that. And then one day, it's just like maybe I, I ran like two and a half miles. Or it was just a little bit different. And then all of a sudden my body went into that kind of, you know, that place where you're just, you feel good, your, your muscles and your bones are just moving well. And then I felt great afterwards. And I don't get that every time, but I think, what do you guys think about that? Do you think you get the runners high every time? Do you think it depends on distance or is it just like one of those things you keep going out to seek for, you know, like. Uh, Like a golfer who sucks at golf, but every now and then hits that great shot. So they keep going back (laughs) thinking This is the time I do it. What do you guys think about the runner's high?
2: Anastasia, you answer first.
1: Um, I think that um, It's definitely true that you don't You don't always get it every time and you don't necessarily always get it when you start running and you start your journey because um, I think when you first start out running, you're a bit more overwhelmed with all this this place hurts that I never knew existed and (laughs) are people looking at me and am I running properly um so it definitely takes a while to come um but I think I think sometimes um the runner's high can feel quite different as well so whilst I think um I think that you obviously get a rush of endorphins every time you do some exercise. Sometimes you'll feel the runners high more than others. So, for example, when you finish a race or you complete a goal, that rush and that high you get is significantly stronger feeling than you would get just going out for maybe for a, a, a short 5K. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's not necessarily a, a um, like a high that you get, but more just like a mood shift. So you've gone yeah. from kind of like maybe feeling oh, a bit goggy to feeling okay. And other times it's like, oh, I'm really high now. I'm just going to go and like do yeah. some more <laughs> sign up to a crazy race.
0: Yeah. Well That's a really good point.
2: That's good advice. Don't sign up for a race when you're, uh, when you have those rush of endorphins, right? We all do, yeah. do. anyway. <laughs> Stay do. off the race sites. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it doesn't have anything to do with distance for sure. Uh, there is yeah. a di- there is a little bit like when you've gone the farthest you've ever gone you know that you're still going you do get you do get something and it's different from that high i feel like a lot of times it's strongest on the days where like everything is against you to get you out to run where it's like the weather's bad and you have other stuff vying for your time and you tell yourself oh i don't really need to go today and then i think it's because that stark mood shift right so you went from like, oh, I'm too busy. I have all this other stuff. Do you take that time for your own self for a little bit? And then it changes how you feel. Right. So it kind of gives you energy, gives you focus, you concentrate, and then you get back and you can do everything else better than how you would have if you didn't take that time.
0: Yeah, I like yeah. that. It kind of, it kind of makes you, you're a better version of yourself when you get back. Right. hmm yeah. I, I, definitely, I definitely feel that. I know my wife, my wife has noticed that like when I get back, she's like, man, you're just like a lot happier. Yeah. Almost, annoyingly, almost annoyingly so you're happier. <laughs> <laughs> those around you who didn't run that day, they're like, gosh, you're so happy. It's so annoying.
1: I also love how you can be, say you have a run planned, you can be on a particular day dreading going for that run, hating the run whilst you're out doing it, and then somehow come home and be like, oh, "That's brilliant!"
0: Like
1: I, 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 can't like pinpoint the moment that that switch happens. But you, it's so true that you never ever regret going out for a run. Um, yeah. like yeah, definitely.
0: So, how did that first Mar- London Marathon go for you?
1: Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> as I said, um earlier on I had absolutely no idea what I was doing um, in my training so I probably googled 2,000 times how do you run a marathon and kind of just took my favorite bits out of the plans that I read left the bits I didn't like like speed training and strength training <laughs> and created my own little plan um, and so so the training itself um went okay I think um for me, at the time, it was it was not about racing it or getting a good time. It maybe was a little bit towards the end as I actually started to really enjoy it. But it was about raising money and raising awareness of um of Alzheimer's, um. But race day itself uh, was like genuinely the one of the best days of my life. If you can ever come across to the UK and and get a place in the London Marathon, even if it's for a charity, then I recommend doing it. The streets are just lined with hundreds of thousands of people just screaming for you. Especially if you wear your name on your top. The whole way around, people are just shouting your name. You're getting quite sick of it by the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But on the particular day, um, it happened to be the hottest um, UK marathon on record, hottest London marathon Mm. on record. So I trained through the winter in kind of like zero to seven degrees Celsius. Um, and then we suddenly, like literally, suddenly had this heat wave. And within a matter of days, it had gone from being below 10 to 25 degrees Celsius. I'm not too sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's hot. <laughs> um,
2: 80s, somewhere in the 80s, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, which is for, for the UK, that's really, really warm. That's like holiday weather. So, um, It was a little bit daunting to to start the race. I knew that time had to kind of not be a priority and just getting around um, was the priority. Um, And it's such a crazy atmosphere because you've got, um, because it's such a charity led race, you've got people in crazy fancy dress outfits. like (laughs) You've got people in rhino costumes. um, And funny fact when i was like near the finish line this rhino like a giant rhino <laughs> just came past me and like beat me did you like, think oh. you
2: were hallucinating did you think it was like oh my yeah. goodness i'm losing my mind here at the end of this race
1: <laughs> yeah and i just kept thinking people are gonna say how did it go and i'm gonna say great i got beat by a rhino that's how great <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it um but the uh it's, it's a really inspiring race obviously you've got people that um have on their t-shirts, their reasons for running, so if they're running in memory of somebody um, or for a specific charity, um, but also the people that are supporting me on the side are really, really nice. So a funny fact for me is um, I was really, really struggling, um, particularly towards the end, because it was really, really hot and um, my watch had broke from um, the fire brigade being out of hose pipes. Um, trying to call us down and it broke my watch. So I had no, oh, no. idea what I, like what my pace was. Oh. Um, and I was just so fed up. And then this lady from out of nowhere just came with this bright pink donut, passing the donut. So like, the rule of don't take sweets from strangers completely went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I just grabbed this donut and I was like, started running again. And I was like, I'm running the London marathon. I'm not a runner and I'm eating a donut. And like this is just a really weird situation
2: <laughs> <laughs> I always, like, I,
1: I'm having a yeah. foot on buffet as I'm running <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in the end, um I finished in something I think it was like five five hours twenty something which I was disappointed with, um, at the time, but, um, I've since improved my time and I have gone, I have done a second marathon and, um, which I completed in four hours 22, which I was happy with. Um, so yeah, Yeah. that's
0: incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think it
1: was an hour and seven minutes off, um, which obviously shows how much I've learned since the last one. (laughs)
0: Are you still taking donuts from strangers during your marathon? Is that part of the training plan now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just say you would never, you would never ever walk down a street and take sweets from a stranger's sweaty hands. But when you're running, it's absolutely fine. And in fact, it's an insult if you don't take those sweets from that stranger. Right. That's
0: my favorite part about running is taking food from strangers. Actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Still does um, it for
0: but, the bacon. Yeah, that's that's the best part if you go to the ultra distance is uh the bacon. You're gonna take bacon from someone's sweaty hand. So
1: Bacon, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I have yet to do an ultra. I did have one planned for this summer, but it's being postponed until next year. Um but when I do that, I will take some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Have, have I have you ever been
0: to the UK for a race? No, Russ is a lot more traveled. I know um, he's been kind of all over uh, the globe running different places. I, I tend to stay pretty locally, um, part out of just being lazy, and part of just I like the kind of the smaller community runs. I like that it's cheap yeah. and accessible, and I don't have to do a lot of travel. But I'm sure that I'm sure an experience like like ones that y'all have been through would be amazing.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. I'm trying to convince Anesthesia to do a fifty miler in October. Where yeah. <laughs> in 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 England. It's uh in the lakes it's, district.
0: Okay. It's not I that one it, that you were showing me that runs all the hills.
2: No. Uh, that's whatever that one. that's called.
0: Yeah, is it? I think so. Yeah. What's it called though? They're not called hills. What are they called? Fells. The fells, yeah
2: so it's a, like the fell races that they do are usually shorter but this is a a 50 miler like through the through their mountains there in the lakes district um and it's like it has like 10,000 feet of elevation gain too it's a tough one <laughs> i was going to say
0: russ russ always throws these at you and they they look amazing they're always in beautiful places and the photos are great and then like the little disclaimer is By the way, it's like you know 30,000 feet of climbing, and you're like, Oh, great! I
1: know, I know, and I I really want to do it. It it is quite a step up, but I think, um, I I look when, when someone asks me about how to kind of get into running or, um, how to like sign up for a race or complete your first marathon or half marathon. And my, my thing is always that you should kind of scare yourself. And that is really how you stay on track. So I don't think yeah. I would have got into running if I hadn't have scared myself by being like, okay, you need to run a whole marathon. Um and I'm trying to apply that logic to this race that Russell <laughs> wants us to do, but I haven't quite <sighs> got got there yet. <laughs> there's
0: there's no good time, there's no comfortable way to to do the sport that we do. So it's uh You just, yeah, you're right. You just got to make yourself uncomfortable and go for it.
2: Yeah. If, if you can do a half marathon, you can do a 50 K. It's just going to take you time. And if you can do a marathon, you can do a 50 miler. It just, it's going to take time. (laughs) It's not a, you're not going to finish a 50 miler in like 10 hours. If you run a five hour marathon. So,
0: yeah.
1: But However, definitely it's more the hills that scare me. <laughs> You're forgetting that part.
2: It's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Some of the things you start to learn when when Russ makes you climb hills is that you'll you'll start to lose toenails too. So um, <laughs> there's lots of things that happen to your body the more you climb.
1: <laughs> I know, but the reward gets greater. It does. It's worth it.
2: <laughs> it does. All right, so we're going to jump to the uh, game show segment of today's podcast. Are you guys ready? <clears throat> All right, Phil, you keep coming in and out. It's going to be harder to play this game if uh, we don't have Phil. But Anastasia, we'll start with you with some of these terms, and we'll see uh, how different they are, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. If you've never even heard of it, just say you've never heard of it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Have you heard of tic tac toe? Uh,
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Do you know what it is? Is You guys call is it? You guys call it something different. I forget what you call it though.
1: Knots and crosses.
2: Is it a game? Yeah, it's a game. Like just on paper where you make make the lines and it's X's and O's.
1: Yeah, knots and crosses.
2: Knots and crosses
1: yeah I, I've heard of tic-tac-toe but I wouldn't uh-huh. say that <laughs> what do
2: you what would you think of when someone said tic-tac-toe would you you knew you know it's not them crosses
1: I think of tic-tacs the mints <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah the candy that's funny everything comes yeah. back to sweets huh <laughs>
1: yeah that's definitely although that's that although um as I was saying earlier American words tend to be a little bit more Literal, I think that's the opposite because tic tac toe, like lots and crosses, you know, why it's called lots and crosses, but tic tac toe is just really random.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where the term comes from. Um, all right, there's a couple others that I have. Um, have you heard of the term zonked? Zonked, uh huh. No, what's that? <laughs> uh, I think. This is, I was going to have like a, a you versus Phil with this one to see who would get it, get it right. Because you guys would say knackered. And that's something that no one would ever say in the US.
1: Zonk. Uh-huh.
2: Zonk. For like ah. exau- for like exhausted.
1: Oh, I've never heard of that. No, we would say knackered or exhausted. Or we'd say cream, cr- cream crackered. That's a popular one.
2: Cream crackered?
1: Yeah, because (laughs) it rhymes in knackered. Uh It rhymes in knackered, so people just say, oh, I'm (laughs) (laughs) cream-crackered.
2: Oh, goodness, that's awesome. All right, how about, have you ever heard the term riding shotgun?
1: Riding shotgun. Does that no? but when we say shotgun, (laughs) usually it means that you get to sit in the front seat
2: Uh uh-huh same is that
1: ah that was a complete (laughs) guess (laughs) yeah
2: no that's it
1: ah okay Hmm. no I thought you were going to say something to do with horse riding
2: I think that's where it came from originally is like if you're riding in a stagecoach the guy that's not on the reins the guy that's next to him has the shotgun
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah true
2: yep all right Phil we have questions for you now. Okay. All right. Do you know what plimsolls are?
0: Oh, I don't know. It's either a pastry <laughs> or, or uh, something that helps your feet, goes inside your shoes, right?
2: Close, like an insole. <laughs> Dang it. What about What about trainers, yeah. if I said trainers?
0: Uh, sneakers.
2: Yeah, same thing, right? With,
0: From what I understand, plimsolls are the uh-huh. same as sneakers.
1: No, Oh, no. uh, they're not. They're not. They're... <laughs> <laughs> so, I, although I wish, um, I wish we could pretend that the plimsolls did sound like a dessert. So when you come over here, you can ask for plimsolls. Um, right. No, uh, they are. The, they are the same. So they are. They are both trainers and plimsolls are both shoes. But plimpsoles here are what kind of kids wear for PE lessons. So they they're like black slip-on shoes, but you wouldn't be able to run in them really. Okay. But if you said you were going to buy some plimpsoles and you're an adult, somebody might laugh at you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Got it. (laughs) Yeah, I did not. That's a very what about biscuit, Phil? (laughs) uh i I, i've never quite understood that if that's a cracker or a cookie i'm pretty sure it's not something you put gravy on though like it is here
1: what you put gravy on biscuits (laughs) that's against the
0: law my favorite breakfast i don't
2: know what to call how to describe this brisket a biscuit here is more like bread but it's like a certain kind of bread i don't know how to describe it
0: yeah it's thick it's it's very it's very very heavy bread and a lot of times it's used in breakfast um sandwiches uh like they'll put eggs and bacon and stuff on it or cover it with gravy and just
1: if you ask for biscuit with gravy here you'd get thrown out
0: (laughs) okay so is it a cracker or a cookie um,
1: i think you i think you call what a biscuit is a cookie but um in the uk a cookie is a specific type of biscuit that makes sense. So biscuits are <laughs> small sweet um, biscuits, <laughs> crackers, that you like dunk in teas. Well, and then
0: Okay. I are are they similar to like butter cookies? Like they have like little granulated sugar crystals on yeah. top of it. Yeah. Or and, and they're yeah. smaller, and right? And then a the
1: cookie would okay. be like that, but with chocolate chips in.
0: So see, that's, that's doing it right. A cookie is only chocolate chip. That's what you're
1: saying. Yeah, that's 100%, 100%. <laughs> I am um, just on um, these words. I have recently started watching um, an American TV series that I'm obsessed with. And in there, they keep asking for ice chips. What are ice chips?
0: I don't know. I mean, I would say ice chips are probably just ice, but more um, they're, they're smaller, like It's like if you took an ice cube and cut it into small sections, it's what we use in hospitals a lot because they're smaller. Uh, I don't know what makes it's sense, basically
2: just crushed ice instead of Yeah, crushed ice.: Instead oh, of a cube okay. of ice, it's just like it's chopped up somehow
1: oh okay it makes sense because it is a it is a us program based in hospitals so maybe that's why but it just keeps asking for them I was like, ice chips?
2: <laughs> everybody wants ice <laughs> chips
0: <laughs> sounds delicious yeah.
2: all right anastasia do you have any for us to, for both all of right. us to try to guess
1: um so <laughs> what do you have trousers
2: Yes, but mostly we,
0: we do. But we call <laughs>
1: because that is the yeah. one that just blows my mind. Because <laughs> pants, I don't know what you call the English equivalent, but pants are like knickers. Yeah, what you wear under your trousers. Underwear. So yeah, oh, really. So when you say oh. I need to get some pants or something like that, it sounds like knickers. And I just can't get my head around oh. how it can be so different.
0: So if we're going to a work party and we want to know what the dress code is and they say, oh, just pants and a nice t-shirt. Yeah. That sounds inappropriate. <laughs> that, <to you>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And also one um, for women, um, tights, I think, What what do you call them in America?
0: Uh, well, before Russ, I'll let Russ answer this. But before he he does, you have to understand that tights also mean something different to runners, because I'm pretty sure Russ and I both have tights that we'll run in. Okay. So no,
1: I mean the tights that you wear under a skirt.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I think people use that term right, now, Russ. right? Tights for for leggings, yes. same thing.
0: Yes, I I agree. I think that goes both ways. What you wear under a skirt so or what, dress
1: a, what? are pantyhose?
2: <laughs> They're like a different Same. type of tights. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> They're more thin. They're yeah, thinner, probably, right? See. It's been a it's been a while since <laughs> i bought them. <laughs> pantyhose seems like something like our grandparents yeah. probably wore. Yeah. Right. It's a little bit old. Yeah.
1: And this is another word that again with like the pants and the trousers. I was just a bit confused by that one <laughs> I think another one um for me is um holiday
0: Vacation? But I don't know I feel like you guys use holiday just for like a nice day too. I don't know. Yeah Or is it only vacation?
1: Um, we never say the word vacation but I wish we did, because
0: vacation <laughs> sounds ten times more fun than holiday. Well, do you, in the UK, do you have songs about holiday?
1: Uh,
0: because there's a couple of, like, songs that talk about, like... There's some old songs, right, Russ? Like, vacation, all I ever wanted. All I want to do is get away. <laughs> there's some old songs that are, like, about vacations. Do you have holiday songs in the UK? I
1: think... Um, maybe when we were at school we had songs about we had a song about the summer holidays when we wake up for six weeks Mm -hmm. um oh talking of school (laughs) that's another one um I'll never get my head around is I think when you guys talk about school Mm -hmm. what age group are you talking about
2: yeah yours is totally different when you said university earlier you just called it uni that's a term that we don't usually use and that's what we describe as our college is university and before that like when you're when you graduate we call it high school but university is what you guys call high school I think right like you Um, finish university when you're like 18
1: no university is higher education that you go to when you're you have to pay and you have to Uh go from 18 and you get a degree
2: that's the same we just Um, call it college college or university either one
1: Oh, so college is what you go to when you're 16
0: to 18. Oh. And no, that's like free. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what you have is called. Well, and that kind of makes sense because college, university does sound a little bit higher education, even in the yeah. United States. Yeah. But college is still after age 18 in the U.S. most commonly. and you pay Okay. For and it. then before
1: that is school.
0: Yeah. Okay. School. <laughs> um. Do you, uh, along the lines of school, like, uh, do you have grades of school? So we say first grade, second grade. Is that how you divide it, no, divide we, it up?
1: No, uh, we, well, yes and no, but we call it year. So you, year one, year two, year three. So it goes from year one to year 11.
0: So, just, so you guys are similar to the way Hogwarts <laughs> divides their school years.
1: Yeah, we base it <laughs> on witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, and then and I think you start you start year one when you're four or five, I think, and then you get to year eleven when yeah, you're sixteen.
0: Five. Oh, five, six. Oh, see, yeah, that's that's different.
1: Yeah. So yeah, not grades, and we don't call it high school either. We we call it, <laughs> it secondary school.
0: Wow, that sounds fancy. It
2: is everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything sounds like higher class in england and with a british accent like our, <laughs> our podcast has yeah. already moved up a level just having you on
1: a, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. are primary school, secondary school but i think yeah. that um i think <laughs> that in america everything sounds more fun like the word vacation and yeah. first grade and you have is it like freshman year uh-huh. uh, that, I mean, that just sounds yeah. so fun <laughs> Whereas here, it's just labeled 1 to 11, and that's it.
2: That's funny. There's some running ones, too. I wasn't sure how much these running ones are uh, universal or not. Like, if you say that um, you bonked in a run, you heard that before?
1: No.
2: Bonked. It's, It's the same as hitting the wall, I think.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I do so what would we would say. <laughs> I think we would just say hitting well, the wall.
0: Yeah. Okay. What are you in in uh, aid stations of the UK during the marathons? What type of, what do they have at the aid station?
1: Aid station.
0: Is it Gatorade? Do you guys call it not an aid station? When you station? say
1: aid station, I would think of first aid, like repairing cuts <laughs> and bruises. Um.
0: Well that's essentially what, what it would is. would like say? N- <laughs> like the nutrition. Um the yeah, the, the water little stop. Rest stops water or, I don't stop. Water yeah. stop?
1: Do um, they have
2: biscuits and gravy.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes, please.
1: No, because that's or illegal.
0: <laughs> um
1: <laughs> uh, what do they have? They have water, um aids G- Gatorade, I think, um, and SAS. We call. We we'll would just say sports gel. Yeah. Um, and what else? Okay. Jelly babies. out a lot of jelly babies. Jelly <laughs> F-
2: gummy bear- Jelly beans. I think they're jelly beans.
0: <laughs> jelly beans. Yeah. Or they could be gummy bears.
2: Are they beans or are they bears, Anastasia?
1: They're bears. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'd say Jelly jelly Babies.
2: Jelly Babies. I love
1: it.
0: <laughs> that just sounds cool. <laughs>
1: um, And we would have, yeah, like Haribo sweets. Um, I think, I, okay. think, I think that's it. I think um, when I haven't – I'm yet to do my first Ultra, but um, I know from some of my friends that have done some that I think they hand out a lot of sweet tea, English tea at those stops.
0: Wow. Do
2: you have to stop running? What about soda? If you're running a race and it's tea time, do you have to <laughs> stop and have some tea? Is that required?
0: Yeah, and does that and is that do you get to stop your watch so it doesn't <laughs> go against your official time? I
1: wish. I I, I wish that was the case. Um, no. Oh, do you um, do you have afternoon tea over there?
2: No. We don't have
0: any tea.
2: <laughs> we threw it all in the sea, the Boston Tea Party. That's why people don't drink tea over here.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that
2: story.
0: <laughs> if you live in the South, you have sweet tea, like iced tea, um, with, with meals a lot, but it's not too common elsewhere. I guess it probably is. I don't know. I just don't drink it, so I don't know. But hey, do you call it soda or... You know, like a carbonated beverage. What do you call well,
1: that? Well, if you live north of England, it's called pop, and <laughs> if you live in South England, obviously there's some variances, but uh, we call it fizzy. We just call it fizzy drink. Yeah,
0: <laughs> drink. So it's descriptive. Mostly. <laughs> yeah. So fizzy. <laughs> you guys just describe it. Yeah, you fizzy see. drink
1: <laughs> uh, or yeah, pop. Yeah. Pop's a cool word. There's
2: places <laughs> in the US that call it pop too, like northern part northern states in the US they yep. call it pop. Most people say soda. Some people soda pop.
1: Soda pop. No, soda water Some... here is something that we have, which is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So I just learned that it you know a lot of it used to just be called Coke. Like all all fizzy drink and pop was called coke and apparently in the 50s they used to allergy test if you were allergic to coke (laughs) to see if you could actually drink coca-cola products
2: that's funny
0: yeah crazy wow
1: i do i do love coca-cola
0: you wouldn't so we actually well we use that at aid stations or or water (laughs) stops during races uh like at the marathon distance and above they'll take pop and a lot of times they'll shake it so it takes a lot of the carbonation out of it so it doesn't upset your stomach too much or it doesn't you know cause too much gas problems and then you just get the easy sugar and the caffeine you know and that that actually can really help makes your brain feel happy i might
1: try and take some coca-cola out on my long one on (laughs) sunday
2: (laughs) or what you do is pour it and then when you get back home you drink it when it's already flat yeah that's when it that's when it's best
0: yeah I agree
1: (laughs) oh
2: man
0: how can how can we be so different
1: (laughs) I know I know the the my favorite um my favorite one was um pudding that me and Russell spoke about previously (laughs) so yeah oh he
0: he mentioned that and that blew (laughs) my mind
1: So you have pudding, which is pudding, and then you have a Yorkshire pudding, which you can put gravy on. That's very much allowed (laughs) and encouraged.
2: When we think pudding, it's practically gravy already. It's just like a sweet gravy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe our Yorkshire puddings are your biscuits.
2: They're similar. Yeah, they're similar. But is a Yorkshire pudding, is it kind of sweet?
1: no
2: it's not okay is it more it's more savory oh
1: yeah you could not put anything sweet on it
2: okay um yeah that's it's i'll i'll have to send you a like a picture of what we call biscuits (laughs) it's like a bread bread pastry mixture
1: okay yes try i want to see a picture
2: (laughs) solving international problems right here right now
1: i know (laughs) What about flapjack? Could you have flapjack?
2: We do. We usually call them pancakes. Oh, yeah.
1: Pancakes?
2: Uh-huh.
1: The pancake, to us, is really thin, like like a crepe. Like just yeah. really thin flour Similar. and egg.
2: Yeah. So what's a flapjack?
1: <laughs> so the answer is no, you don't have yeah. flapjacks. <laughs> <laughs> a flapjack well, is... <laughs>
2: flapjacks, though. People
0: sometimes use
1: that same term. Yeah, we do. We, we use it. No, so a flapjack is something that sometimes I would take on a really long run, um, or have a cup of tea. So it's like it's <laughs> what? Um, oats. It's oats with. Um, there's so many different recipes.
0: That's a granola bar. Oh. That sounds like but a granola with, like, bar. like honey,
1: and it's quite soft. Uh
2: huh.
0: What size is it? Is it like round? or typically a square
1: or a bar. Uh And you can put like raisins in. Yeah, Yeah. that's... What?
0: That's got to be a granola granola bar. bar. That's crazy. That is funny. It's
1: a flapjack.
2: So we have them. We just call them (laughs) something different.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because that's funny. I was going to ask you what you put on your flapjacks. I was going to ask if you put syrup (laughs) or Nutella.
1: (laughs) Nothing. Leave them alone. <laughs> a pancake. Um, we would a pancake like, like the the flat things I'm talking about that you yeah. have put in the frying pan yeah. if you want. Um, they would usually have uh sugar and lemon, which is really nice. Or we'd have a Nutella or banana or something like that. Um, but and we never when when I uh, came to America before and also Canada. Um. A lot of people have like, bacon and, like, ma- and syrup on mm-hmm. pancakes, which mm-hmm. beforehand, you don't really yeah. get that here. Like That's, you'd be like, what are you doing? But actually <laughs> it tastes really nice. <laughs> and also yeah. with waffles, I've noticed that yeah. some places in the UK are, are trying to do the, um, we usually have savory waffles here that you'd have with like beans on egg or something. Um, and they're trying to mix that, make it a little bit more American and putting, like, sweet stuff on it. Uh-huh. It doesn't really work here.
0: <laughs> well, this will, this will confuse you even further. Is some people put ice cream on waffles. It's true.
1: Yeah, on sweet waffles.
0: They're like yeah. desserts. Yeah, they're like desserts, yeah. Less savory, more sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sweet.
1: So I think you can get sweet waffles here, um, but you would. Okay. that's like – you'd go into a big food climber afterwards
0: <laughs> what about do you ever bake do you ever bake chicken into the waffle no chicken and waffles Chicken waffle. because <laughs> that a, is something we do southern, here also
2: like, uh, <laughs> in the south in the u.s that's a
0: southern so thing
2: biscuits and gravy chicken and waffles those are the uh, southern it's like no. fried chicken fried chicken with waffles
0: It's a breakfast food that puts you in a corner, exactly.
1: (laughs) No, see, you guys have really fun words and like creative food, whereas we're just really like matter of fact and like (laughs) ordered. (laughs)